0: We're all protecting you. We, we have, have all protected, protected you.
1: you. About my marriage. But what are you you about this? about marriage? what are you told us. With the most I was so nervous. So don't you don't ever bring so my my eyes. Eyes around me like around. Let that. me tell that you something. The only thing. If I want something, I will get it. I'm not really sure what I've done to you guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It is Eddie Estrada here with my co-host, Armin, here to talk things OC. We know that some of you are boycotting this season, so we're here to give you the lowdown on the town where OJ comes from, because that's, yeah, you know, Orange County is where oranges are made. Are they? No, I just made that up. I didn't know how to intro this. I'm, I, you know, I'm just a sloppy chihuahua right now. I'm always wasted. I'm actually not drunk. I've... I've can't even remember the, no, the debates. That's the last time I had a drink.
0: <laughs> I think that's the last time everyone had a drink.
1: I was like, when was when was the last time I had a drink? Oh, yes. Yes, yes.
0: When I eventually tell people that you claimed that oranges are from Orange County, I really hope you don't say, don't accuse me of something that I said.
1: <laughs> like my idol?
0: Just like your idol, Shannon Storms. Because Shannon you did Storm. say it. You did say it.
1: I did say it. So I can accuse you of something that you said. I mean, it's on camera, unlike (laughs) the other one. So you can't. Well, this isn't on camera, Eddie. Well, on tape, I guess. Well, (laughs) you're on my camera. I can see you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are on tape. So we do have the tape. We can refer back to the tape. Uh, Unfortunately, we will never get a resolution on the uh, Bronwyn-Shannon debate.
1: Unless there is a tape that we don't know about.
0: Why wouldn't they show it to us now, though?
1: Yeah, you know, Bravo has, like, has it, has, the Bravo editors have been having their fun, and they've been doing their own thing, and, you know, it could be one of those things that they're just going to reveal later just to, like, keep us on our our toes.
0: It could be a great reveal if all season long, Shannon denies, 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 and then we get this flashback to Shannon saying, Gina's house is sad and depressing. Do you believe Shannon?
1: Yes. Yes. I don't think that's in Shannon's vocabulary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she has never said sad or depressing ever in her entire no, life. I no, I
1: no. I agree with her where I just don't think she would say that about someone's house. I think Shannon has way more tact than that. I definitely think she, I hear her saying, Oh yeah, this place is small. Like it's small, but mm-hmm. I don't see her being like, This is a depressing home because I don't think any home could be a depressing home. I mean, there are depressing homes, but like she's not gonna say that about someone who's like a friend or an acquaintance that you know, or on camera. Like, I don't I don't think Shannon's that kind of person.
0: Do you think Shannon is playing a semantics game? Like, maybe she described Gina's situation as sad and depressing.
1: Oh, I could see that, that the house is small. And if that's Bronwyn's fault for not hearing it correctly, then that's her fault.
0: I could totally see that being the reveal, Eddie, yeah. for real. So can I. Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't think, yeah, I think it's a semantics thing. I don't think... um. I don't think she called the house depressing. I could see her saying the Gina's situation is depressing because I've said the same thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, Gina has sort of said the same thing.
1: Gina has confessed the same thing multiple times that her situation is not the best.
0: Well, last year was rough. The DUI, was a,
1: the crazy ex-husband.
0: Yeah. Um, I think she, she has said up. her situation sucks.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and they're friends and they like talk it out and stuff. So it's like, girl, I don't know. I, I I was happy that Gina believed Shannon.
0: She's going through a rough patch with Bronwyn. I don't think she's going to rush to believe Bronwyn right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true as well. I mean, it's, it's not like Bronwyn is uh, her best friend, especially after those what you said were creepy text messages, by the way. <laughs> not creepy. I just want to say one more time. Oh, my uh, gosh. I didn't but, say
0: they were creepy, by the way.
1: I can't even remember what you said. They're flirty. Yeah, but they're not.
0: They're so um, flirty. Okay, we're okay. not rehashing that. We're not rehashing We already debated we that for 20 for like three minutes. We've for years
1: about this. No, we actually um, did like a
0: full 20 but, on it.
1: But let's talk Let's talk about this episode because I feel like we've been like dancing around what we're talking about when we can really just jump into it. So let's start with my favorite couple on any Housewives franchise and that is John and Shannon Storm. Um, and yes, I gave him her last name as well because I believe that um, she's the, she wears the pants in the relationship. She has the greater strength. So she deserves the last name. John Storm um, is
0: a good name too.
1: John Storm is a great name. Shannon is hilarious. I love their relationship. I love how easy it is for them just to like be. And you can see how happy she is and how much she loves him and how much he loves her and he's so supportive and incredible and amazing and it's like I want to find my John one day. I want to find I want to be I want to be my Shannon Storm self um complaining about the Peloton seat while <laughs> my John tastes my um my lemon shots that I made, my signature lemon shot, which is I'm pretty sure she's going to just Gonna
0: make a lemon drop, and to your point there, Eddie John does a good job of balancing supporting Shannon but also checking Shannon because you know Shannon is just hating on the Peloton, but he's a big fan, and he's like, "Look, mm-hmm. you just have to get used to the Peloton." I have no experience with the Peloton.
1: Oh, see, I I have experience with. It. I don't have a Peloton, but I've used a friend. Is
0: he correct? Like, like all of her gripes were not true, that you have to sort of get accustomed to the pe- Peloton? Well, I mean,
1: I mean, to any cycling class, you need to get accustomed to it and I think everything's different and definitely Peloton like, the the way that they teach the classes is different than like a SoulCycle class, you know? So, I mean, if she's like she definitely has to get used to it but like, she, maybe she needs a seat cushion too because those things like, <laughs> do, they, they're not the most like, comfortable.
0: Okay, so maybe she had a point, but yeah. aside from that he also helped check her on the Emily issue Mm -hmm. because she doesn't like Emily right now. She doesn't really want Emily at the party, even though Kelly wants Emily at the party as a plus one. And he made a good point. Maybe it's just better to be okay with her right now because this is how a lot of housewives feuds start or at the very least, uh, worsen, right? Yeah. You don't invite someone to the party. And then suddenly, you know, you're pouring uh, gasoline to the flames instead of just being okay with someone and uh, making nice, as Dorinda would say. So yeah. I think John is, um, you know, doing wonders for Shannon, sort of as like her consigliere, you know?
1: What, kawanaana? Uh, co- co-
0: <laughs> right hand man, let's say. Consigliere, okay, hey, you know? The godfather?
1: I've never seen The Godfather. <laughs> Look at me and tell me you think I've watched The Godfather, <laughs> Armin. Just like, let's have that moment for a second. I have Or
0: any mob Godfather. movie. Any mob movie. Sopranos? Yeah, I
1: was, I was rushing to go see, what was it? Um, Gotti. <laughs>
0: oh, no, that's not a <laughs> mob produced, movie. That's a disgrace.
1: Randall, Randall. Randall Emmett.
0: Yeah, not even Randall Emmett could get me to that movie. Honestly, I don't think Randall Emmett has gotten us to see any movie for that matter. Lala Kent, on the other hand, I think you bought The Row.
1: Oh my god, I loved The Row. <laughs> it was so bad, but I loved it.
0: I know, you wouldn't stop talking about it for a week. You
1: know you know, I have my Halloween, like, it, Halloween is my thing. This is right. actually the first year I'm not dressing up for Halloween because... Um, pandemic. Pandemic. You know, um, so I'm I'm doing it. I'm, I'm making a movie marathon, and I'm debating whether or not to actually put the row on my movie marathon. I
0: know you're putting the row on your movie marathon. I think
1: I think it's gonna be the wild card. I'm gonna have like a, a wild card where I'm gonna have like a bunch in a hat, and like that's the, one of the ones it could be. And I think I'm just gonna throw it in there. And if I if I pick the row, or if I have four rows in there and one of the other <laughs> one, it it might happen.
0: I was going to say, you're going to like stack,
1: stack the deck, stack yeah. the deck in
0: favor of the row because I know how much you love Lala Kent.
1: It's not, it's not a long movie. It's a quick watch. It's, it's quite, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's messy, but you know, you got to love Lala. Okay. Back to OC though. Um, Yeah. Shannon's having this party, you know, it's like, just be okay with Emily. I mean, but truly just be okay with Kelly Dodd because like, I, I mean, Shannon doesn't see the problem that it's Kelly Dodd yet. She thinks Emily's her issue when, she is the lesser of two evils in that dynamic pair. Um, she has a, let's let's do the quick overview. She got a new house because Jolie wanted to be in a neighborhood, and she is only going to live there for a year because she's going to move in with Brick Leventhal. Okay, the Kelly Dodd segment <laughs> is over. Moving on.
0: She's not getting a lot of play this season so far.
1: No, and we don't want to give it to her. Um, I mean, uh, let's talk about Bronwyn and Shannon now. They're having the conversation in the car where. Bronwyn is talking to Shannon. They're going to see Dr. Moon because Bronwyn needs wants to have some like additional help and some holistic healing in regards to her alcoholism, um, her sobriety, and this journey moving forward. She just left an AA meeting. They're in the car I'm going to see Dr. Moon. And Bronwyn's like, I, I feel guilty. I've got to tell you something, Shannon. And she's like, what? She's like, uh, so Emily asked me who was talking shit about Gina and who was the one who said that her... House was sad and depressing, and I said Shannon, and Shannon's like, I I never said that. Don't put words in my mouth. And Brahman's like, No, I'm been sober. I I have a full, clear recollection of everything that's happened for the first time in my life. These are my memories. You said it, and Shannon's like, You clearly do not know what you're talking about because that's not in my vocabulary. It's not in my vernacular. I would never call someone's house sad and depressing. You, you need to rethink your memory. It kind of drops for a second when they go into Dr. Moon. But then there's, like, Shannon's clearly still thinking about it because it goes to confessional, and she's like, I just cannot believe Bronwyn you know, is, like, accusing me of saying these things. And I'm trying to be her friend and be this, like, support system to her. And here she is throwing me under the bus and making me look like a bad person, which, like, true.
0: And it's funny because in the car ride, Bronwyn says, like, I'll just say that I was confused or something, right? Doesn't she say that? Because yeah. Shannon's like, I need you to clarify this. I need you to like tell them that this was a mistake. And Bronwyn's like, yeah, I'll just say that, you know, I was confused or I misunderstood. I forget exactly what she said. Well, that is not what ends up happening. No, no. So it's interesting that a 180 occurred, and I wonder why. I wonder, we don't see... What changed with Bronwyn? I mean, she eventually claims that she is going to stick to the truth from here on out. But it's just interesting to see how in one moment she is telling Shannon, I will back you up. I'll tell them that, you know, I must have misunderstood. There was a miscommunication maybe. And then by the end of the episode, she decides, no, I'm going to continue to throw Shannon under the bus. Maybe it's because she knows, look, all of this is being filmed anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe I address it now instead of at the reunion. Who knows what the thought process was there. Um, but I just thought that was very interesting. It you is. Know, once we play. saw the whole blow up at the party. Because that's not what Bronwyn initially told Intended. Shannon she was going to do.
1: No, the blow up would have never happened if she would have just said, oh, I was confused, which doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we could just get into the party because I don't really feel like anything else happened. I mean, we had that scene of Bronwyn breaking down at home and kind of being like, you know, even my kids were more into the nannies than me as a parent and how her whole life feels kind of like lost and how she's just trying to find and yeah. how being and, and sober that has scene, been such a journey.
0: That scene helps inform, I think how Bronwyn is on edge at the party. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aside from the fact that she is attending a tequila tasting party, which mm-hmm. must be a horror show for someone who is only a month into being sober. mm mm-hmm. um, But on top of that, she's even dealing with other issues. She feels like her children see the nanny more as a parent than her. Mm-hmm. She said in her confessional that she could always tell herself that at the very least, she's a great mother. Mm-hmm. And then she said she realized that she's not a great mother, that she failed as a mother, that she's a failure. Which may not be true, but that's how she feels.
1: No, and that is how she feels. So, I mean, she's raised all of those kids. She's been a mother. You know what I mean?
0: But she's feeling shitty. So that informs, I think, how she is on edge. Because clearly she's on edge.
1: Oh, clearly she's going through it with the way that she – her emotions are on 10 from the moment she walks into that party. And one thing we're not Um,
0: seeing, Eddie – is how the marriage is crumbling. I mean, we're seeing a little bit of it, um, but the marriage is crumbling. We know this because, you know, what's happening in real life. Her and Sean, according to, you know, the news, have broken up. So you have the marriage crumbling, she feels like a failure as a mother, and she has finally accepted that she's an alcoholic, is going through AA, and is merely a month into being sober. And we know it's a day to day process. It's mm-hmm. not like you just turn it on and off like a light switch. Okay, now I'm sober. No, it's a very difficult, arduous day to day, minute to minute process. Right. So she's got a lot going on. Before we get to the party, though, Eddie, I just want to click quickly say I do not like Elizabeth Vargas.
1: Oh, neither do I. I don't think I'm. I'm. I. I truly do not think I'm finding her cool at all.
0: It may be only three episodes, but I can only base my opinion on the three episodes. She's not giving us anything, you know? I really didn't like that dinner scene when Gina and Kelly are trying to get to know her or or whatever. They're asking her simple questions like, how long have you dated Jimmy? And she's like, I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, And and kind of insinuating that she can't talk about her relationship with Jimmy because of the divorce proceedings, which makes no sense. She should be able to say how long she's dated Jimmy. That has nothing to do... With your divorce. I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. But it's just so strange. We're not really getting anything from her. I think we kind of called this when we were talking about her in the first episode. How it seems like her whole thing is just going to be how she's super rich. Which just isn't interesting.
1: And not anymore. We've seen that before on these housewives. Like money, we need something more than just money to get us attached to these people. No,
0: you want a multi-dimensional character. Being rich yeah. isn't isn't a personality.
1: Isn't a personality i Who fucking cares? Sorry. Whoever needs to hear it, I'm so sorry, but being rich is not a personality trait.
0: Paris Hilton did that and did it better than anybody could.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Paris Hilton, you know, I have my things. Paris Hilton 100% is on the Mass Singer this year. I swear she I think she's the jellyfish. You know, I always have to come in, guys, with my Mass Singer prediction. Can
0: I call you out? You got the lips what? wrong.
1: I did. I did get the lips wrong. You thought it was Rinna. Why? Well, From the clues, I thought it was Renna. Guys, the spoiler alert if you haven't watched Matt Singer yet, cover your ears. It was Wendy Williams. I was gagged. You whiffed
0: big time on that. No. I thought of you when I saw that.
1: I watched it last night live. And the moment she opened her mouth, I was like, ah, it's Wendy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought of you when I saw it on Twitter.
1: I was like, thank you. Thank you for Eddie was so
0: sure this was Renna.
1: I honestly thought it was for a minute, like with the clues. And then even her clues, like going in, she was like, I always own what I say. And it was like.
0: But see, they try to misdirect you. They clearly were trying to get you to think it was Rena, but that's too obvious. But that fits, that whole description still fits Wendy Williams. I thought about it. It still fits Wendy.
1: It still fits Wendy Williams. It's perfect. It's a great
0: misdirect by the masked singer. They got me. They did get um, you. But let's get to this tequila party.
1: Yeah. So Bronwyn comes in and she finds out it's a tequila tasting and immediately Oof. she starts freaking out because she's been sober for thirty days and this is, you know, she like she said, she's barely keeping her house in check and to have to go to a party that's not only just a party, but a alcohol tasting, like, is tough, which obviously, like, there's no way around it. Like, you're gonna be in a, a highly involved alcohol situation when you can't be involved with alcohol at all, like that's nothing, to, that's not something anyone wants to do. Oh, it's so, like
0: fully torturous.
1: It's, it's like, it's like going, it's like having a peanut allergy and having to like literally sit in a, like a room of peanut butter. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it's very inconsiderate of maybe Shannon to not
0: give her the warning inform
1: her and the heads up because it seems like it was kind of like, Shannon was almost knew the situation and knew that it was going to be, because Shannon's the one who knows about the sobriety. She knows what she's going through. And I, and yeah, Ron was like, don't treat me, treat me any different, but it could have been like, Hey, you're coming to this event. It's also going to be a tequila tasting. Just want to give you a heads up in case you want to mentally prep yourself, come for a certain part of it instead. You know, like,
0: can I ask you a question? Yes. If the baseline to a housewives party is an open bar, How different is tequila tasting? And I'm saying this sincerely because Bronwyn has to know attending any one of these parties, there's going to at least be an open bar, which means a lot of people drinking a lot. Yeah. She's been through this. This isn't her first season of Housewives. Of course. So I'm just wondering, you know, totally sincerely, like, how different is it really?
1: I mean, maybe it isn't. Maybe it was just the way that it was presented on the show and the way that Bron was saying it that made me feel like it was maybe something different and it was like a specifically more tequila center than it was. But I guess you're right. I mean, Shannon really didn't have to say anything to her because it's just another one of these events.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think being on Housewives while trying to get sober is a tough task, to say the least.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, She even, I mean, when she gets to the party, though, I liked that she went into the bathroom and kind of talked herself down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's all it takes is just to ground yourself and get into that mindset of, like, I am okay. I am here. You're going to be fine. But I think every other little thing that happened after that Mm. completely set her off to a point of no return. Uh, First, she she
0: probably shouldn't have gone to the party, to be honest.
1: uh, She shouldn't have. And I mean,. The Shannon and Bronwyn situation, I want to talk about this because I, I loved when Shannon was like, you're not making this a two-on-one, which is like, Sean heard it too. Sean agrees with me. She's like, no, 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 no. This isn't a two-on-one situation. This is a one-on-one situation. Shannon knows her housewives mm-hmm. and knows what she's doing.
0: Also, come on, how, how great of a corroborator can a husband be? That that's, no,
1: It's not allowed, not allowed. That's not
0: an impartial corroborator. No. It would be different if it's, let's say, who is truly impartial here? Maybe Kelly Dodd, actually, is truly impartial because Emily has some problems with Shannon and Gina has some problems with Bronwyn. So Kelly Dodd would be maybe the most impartial here, even though she has actually had problems with Shannon. But putting all that aside, maybe she'd be the most impartial third-party observer. Otherwise, really? You're going to bring your husband in to back you up? Your husband has to back you up.
1: Yeah, it's your husband.
0: (laughs) Come on.
1: Your husband's in the pool.
0: (laughs) Yes, Margaret. I can't wait till Ronch comes back, by the way.
1: Cannot wait for Ronge to come back. Um, Who said
0: it this episode, by the way? It was actually Jimmy who said, I think someone's going to end up in the pool. Oh,
1: maybe he's. Maybe he's a ha- big Housewives fan. He could maybe, be. <laughs> maybe they've watched all of them and he's like, oh, someone's going to end up in the oh pool. Oh, my
0: God. What if he's Bobby from Ron's season six?
1: You can't be making these crossovers, but then base claims.
0: Do you remember Bobby from season six? Barely. Bobby is the guy who was a huge Housewives fan and then dated one of the twins. And then they found out that he stalked Teresa Giudice was like at all her book signings. Mm-hmm. He was a super fan. And that creep Jim exposed him. Oh, my gosh. That season's underrated, by the way, Eddie.
1: You love that season. You love the twin season. It's not a bad season. It's not.
0: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, someone could have been pushed in the pool this episode. Nobody was, unfortunately. However, we got the uh, Bronwyn-Shannon blow-up. So it all came down to, you know, she said, she said, right? Right. Yeah. Are we both siding with Shannon? I, I think it's a semantics issue. I think Shannon I must agree. have said it. I don't think Bronwyn's fully lying. It could be a misunderstanding. And Shannon's going to hold on to this. I ne- I would never call a house. She keeps saying that. I would never call a house sad and depressing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's she called a, Gina's life <laughs> sad and depressing. I don't know which is better. <laughs> well, But I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I
1: think it's what it comes down to.
0: We get the iconic line, by the way. You know, don't you dare accuse me of something that I said. <laughs> I mean, Freudian slip.
1: Yeah, don't you dare accuse me of what I said. Like, <laughs> well, you said it, and you just admit it to it again. Uh, uh, no, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, that line, I, it killed me, but. The Shannon, Bronwyn, I'm sorry, the the Bronwyn, Gina, Emily, little spat that came after though Mm. is what I'm going to be talking about.
0: It almost put that one to shame.
1: I'm sorry. But (laughs) even though it was, I I feel bad for Bronwyn, goddamn Sloppy Chihuahua is a great, Mm. great diss.
0: I mean, that whole sequence of events where Bronwyn thinks she is maybe going to chip Away at this feud, right, and maybe, maybe you know, reconcile with Gina. Look, listen, I've been attacking you like all year. Well, why, why are you attacking me? And from there, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Bronwyn thinks if she just owns up to it, everything is going to be okay, and that's where Emily calls her out. You can't just mm-hmm. say I did it and walk away. Exactly. Gina is like, wait, why didn't you call or text? Bronwyn then says. I've been way too busy to do that. (laughs) By the way, I hate that excuse because a call or a text, maybe a call takes a lot out of you. But a text. Anyone can send a text. It takes five seconds. And Bronwyn's like, I'm too busy. I couldn't send the call or the text. And that's where Emily just jumps at her and is like, you don't work. You have two nannies. How are you too busy to send a text? Bronwyn's excuse well starts off well she's busy with the kids still anyhow and then says I also had to get a facial not the best (laughs) excuse Um, and then Gina calls out Bronwyn for allegedly uh, talking down to Gina being mean to Gina etc because of Gina's wealth Gina believes it's an issue of income disparity, that you look at me as lesser than because I have less than you in terms of income. And Bronwyn's retort doesn't really help her. She goes, no, 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 it's it's because of your character. And then that what sort of just goes downhill. Gina starts trashing her. She's like, character, are you kidding me? You're, you're the sloppy chihuahua. You're still a drunk. And Bronwyn's like defending herself. No, I've been 30 days sober. Gina lays into her, doesn't look like it, and then that's where we get, like, Bronwyn slamming the drink into the ground. No,
1: Gina's, Gina says.
0: What does Gina say? She. she will,
1: Bronwyn goes, I'm 30 days show, but goes, oh, are you? Oh, then act shit. like it. Oh, shit. It was bad. When someone tells you that they're 30 days story, you don't go, mm. oh, are you?
0: Okay, to be fair to Gina, she doesn't know the extent to Bronwyn's True. issues. We're watching it all, right? But. Remember, Gina is living her own life. She's not seeing this all unfold. She hasn't had a single conversation with Bronwyn. Except for the sloppy drunk conversation. sloppy drunk conversation, Over the phone for 30 seconds where they basically yell at each other. So she doesn't understand really what's going on. I don't even think she knows Bronwyn's an alcoholic. I don't think she knows knows.
1: No, I think she thinks she's, they've thrown around the term alcoholic. Right, but she doesn't know
0: that Bronwyn has accepted that. Is going to AA. And it's actually, yes. Yeah, I don't think Regina would be as flippant.
1: No, I don't think she would. Yeah. Uh, I and I think we're gonna maybe see the aftermath of this next episode because it looks like Bronwyn's very embarrassed, and I think obviously after that happens and that blow up happens, I'm sure Shannon's gonna be like, you know what, guys, chill. Mm-hmm. She actually is an alcoholic.
0: <laughs> right. It was funny to watch Shannon, while all this is happening, lay into Sean, though. I'm honest and authentic. I'm honest and authentic. Like, you should
1: check yourself. You, you're the liar
0: here. And Sean is just taking it.
1: He's like, okay, uh, okay. girl. <laughs> like, ugh. Well, you know, that's why I love Shannon. Is because Shannon will just literally rip your head apart if you are wrong.
0: She will, to her. She will rip your head apart
1: regardless. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're wrong. She just, you know, yeah. don't accuse me of something I said, Armin. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good I never line. I never said oranges were made in Orange County. Like, come on. Uh, the, you have no proof of that. Uh,
0: the tape will I mean, tell the truth.
1: I mean, this was a good to be continued episode for the sole fact that, like, I mean, the first part of the episode I was kind of bored by, but I feel like the second half really picked up at this party.
0: The party was iconic. One of the better blow-ups in a while.
1: In, in, in a very long time. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. I'm interested to see how the situation, situation with Bronwyn plays out because i'm i'm so interested in the story and her journey especially with these other ladies so to be continued will be continued
0: i can't wait uh to cover the next episode but in the meantime eddie i think we mentioned it all
1: we did mention it all this time and i think we are ready to um say goodbye and adios to you guys make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening, but you can do that at SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. We're also on social media. So if you check us out there, search at H-O-T in AVOD. Finally, we have our Patreon at patreon.com slash hot and bravo. Same thing, H-O-T in AVOD And for just $3 a month, you can get access to so many additional podcasts and fun things that we do. We are doing a deep dive into our Salt Lake City tagline soon. So make sure you guys are subscribed for that. Uh, And Armin, is there anything else you want to add?
0: I think you mentioned it all.
1: Once again. All right. We'll see you guys next time.